0: Hello and welcome to the Hardball Gets podcast, this is the AFLW Takeover, completely packed for work and the weekend this podcast is brought to you by the new Mazda BT50SP, the complete package, let's get into it. Eliza Riley and joining me is Jen Wallace, Amy Lavelle. We're back. We went yeah. missing for a week. Yeah.
1: We? we went AWOL.
0: We went AWOL. I, I asked. Just bloody, to see
1: if anyone noticed.
0: Yeah. Who cares about <laughs> us? Let's get really <laughs> thirsty here for a week. But I did ask Nick Nickerin, the um, a host of the men's hardball gets, to put an Instagram post up for us saying back next week. Do you reckon he did it? Nah. Nah. Nah, Shannon's nodding her head because she follows the Instagram. <laughs> post, <So do> I. <laughs> post did not go up
1: no.
0: So Nickrin, that's on you But basically, <laughs> we'll just flood out I was in Broome I was supposed to do something Thursday And then my flight got delayed by six hours So it was a really tough day for me Six hours in the sunshine <laughs> oh, oh. Really tough day But we're back We're oh. ready Nice tan We're ready to go But got a few got a few news talking points first Jenny, you're cheating on us with a new podcast <laughs>
2: Yeah, I am. (laughs) Straight off the bat, talk us through it. Feel good sports pod. I found it wherever you listen to your No, uh, no, you can't plug it on here. (laughs) Nah, we're going to delete that. You set it up, not me. I wasn't going to bring it up. Yes, just talking about sports that make you feel good. So cricket at the moment being WBBL. And yeah, you know I love my cricket as much as I love my footy.
0: Yeah, well, no more plugs, that's it. Well, you started it. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) And Amy, you, you don't escape either. You're the best and fairest for Wembley.
1: I Wilson. thought that wasn't going to come up. I was hoping I swept through with nothing about that. So. <laughs> the
0: mulholland Holland Kaufman medalist. I reckon nine games of football is the least anyone has ever played to get a medal named after them. Sorry,
2: that's what it's called. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, the
0: Mul Holland yeah, Kaufman of a mouthful, medal, isn't
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> nine games of football and she gets a medal named after her. Megan, you've done well. That's even better. She probably even better thing was that she played what nine games of football and uh, she still came runner up.
0: <laughs> so she would have won her own medal if she'd played the whole season.
1: Yep, definitely.
0: Jesus. And you stole it off her because you just kick snacks for fun. So
2: who? Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. I love that.
0: <laughs> and it's, um, I checked out Wembley's Facebook this morning mm-hmm. and someone called Trevor Smythe commented on, on the post of Cotter's taking out the best and fairest and said, one more year, one more. <laughs> the, the fans want it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, it was a talking pointer of the night, um, but you know what it's like. You just leave them hanging to see if they want more. We'll wait and see.
0: So, you haven't put pen to paper yet? You can't give the Hardball Gets
1: exclusive? No, I can't. No, it's a uh, new year, new me. We'll see
2: what happens. Well, isn't that only going to be a mature age only or overage only draft? Maybe this is this is part of it. <gasps> this is dun dun dun. dun, dun, dun. The speculation. <laughs>
1: That is definitely not happening. We're talking.
0: We're talking real mature age, though. Like, oh, oh it's like
1: that, is it today? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. No, nah, we're all
1: yeah.
0: Any, any. Unless they're having
1: a geriatric uh, draft, uh, then I won't be in it. <laughs>
0: uh, the one hamstring club. Um, if you've only got one good hamstring, you can nominate. You're so. <laughs> all right. Let's get into the two minute warning. Kicking things off with the Friday night clash between Adelaide and Geelong, this was a real belter. Um, I probably expected Adelaide to get over the top a bit easier than they did, but it was only two points in the end. I've heard it been thrown around. It was one of the best games this year and probably tend to agree. It went right down to the wire and Adelaide just desperately defended. Um, I felt like the Cats may have played it a bit too safe in that last quarter, just maybe didn't take as many risks as they could have to potentially snag that last goal but where do we see Geelong in the finals race because as I said I didn't expect them to take it up to Adelaide like they did especially in South Australia. Um, I don't know are they, are they right up there or are they step behind the, the big three we always talk about?
2: They're still a step behind the big big three but that steps smaller than what, yeah, what it had been, You know, considering the big three, one of those is Adelaide. So um, I was really impressed with the way they played and it just it showed continual
1: improvement for me. I don't think going deep in finals is, is their storyline this year, but it's close. Yeah, I feel the same. I think they're probably going to make up the numbers a bit in the finals this season, Um, but there's plenty of upside to them. And I think as, like, if you were the coach, you'd be, you know, great. They can get a finals appearance and get some experience as probably the way you look at it Um, because I think then the next couple of seasons they're going to be building
0: I think, yeah, they're probably still below North Melbourne. So you've got your big three, then I'm probably putting North below them still. Um, And then it's the Cats and Geelong are sort of on an equal playing level for me back in that sort of next race. But... I think what the Cats do have is, is they have got a bit of talent across all three lines. Like they have got a pretty talented squad, but they they've got belief, which is the important thing. And this year, they you know they they took it up to the reigning premiers. So all credit to them.
2: Carlton and the Suns. Yeah, so the Suns won by twenty-seven. Although it was really the Taylor two halves this game, wasn't it, guys? It was Carlton probably the dominant side to, to half-time and didn't put enough on the actual scoreboard to um, go with the dominance that they did have and then they faded away come the second half and the Suns came hard and uh, you know show themselves just sitting outside the eight. The dream is slightly there to make the finals. It's probably one step too far, too far. but for me, I guess the, the question I have for the two of you was first me owning up, I thought Carlton would be lower down than how they've performed this year, and they've had a couple of close, uh, what, the, the draws as well. So were you surprised? are you surprised by Carlton with Run Round to go where they're sitting? And then I guess the other question with Gold Coast, again, doing better than I expected, but would a Row Bottom, for example, be someone people are targeting to take away to be that missing puzzle for, say, a Geelong?
0: Starting off with the Suns, I reckon Row Bottom has definitely got a massive target on her back in terms of the trade period. I mean, clubs would be stupid if they weren't trying to get in her area and pull her back home. Um, but the thing is that your answer is probably there. She d- she made the decision to leave Melbourne and pursue an opportunity with the Gold Coast and she was a number one pick because of it. So I think she's probably loving the life up there and the culture and everything and that's why she made the decision too. And I think the Suns are just about almost there. And on the Gold Coast, you- you're the star player. You're the star attraction. Whereas she- if she was the missing piece with another club, you're so, a secondary source. She
2: needs people to come to her yeah. just to finalize what the Suns yeah. can do. I
0: want to play with Charlie Robot. That's <laughs> what people need to be thinking. Amy, what do you reckon?
1: Yeah, definitely agree. I think like someone like Carlton would probably need to target someone like Robotum um, coming in the off season because they have a few holes in their list, and you can see it by the way that they're making lots of positional changes throughout the games to try and see what works and what doesn't work. And um, I think if they can on the off season recruit really well. That would I would be sort of targeting someone like that row bottom to fill a couple of those holes.
0: Taking a look at Collingwood versus North Melbourne, um, so the magpies got up by 32. No, the kangaroos. Hey. I've written the wrong thing down. That's a good start. Kangaroo's got up by 32 points. I feel like this was a statement game for them. You know, they haven't actually beaten a side above them on the ladder this season. A quick look back at their results um, and the ladder as it stands. But Darren Crocker, their coach, said that second quarter was the best footy they've played since he's been a part of the program. Um, slammed home those five goals. But it's sort of set it, things up now for a mini qualifying final. So they must beat Richmond this weekend and then bank on the Magpies losing to Brisbane, which would sew them up a top four spot. Do you think the pressure, how will they cope with it? Because they've been there, thereabouts for a few seasons.
1: I think they've just got to keep their consistency. Like we saw on the weekend, like they get enough and they get a good amount of inside 50s each game. They just haven't been able to capitalise on those inside 50s and they've been really wayward. So, um, When they get it inside and they're accurate, they're very, very dangerous because they've got so many options. So I think you wouldn't be sort of seeing this as a game, a must win. I think it would be a game to continue that um, consistency in front of goal and inside 50. And if they can do that, then I think regardless of where they sit, they can be a danger team in the final.
2: Yeah, I agree. What if what if Collingwood though? They you know defensively have been quite good all season, so that got shown up a little bit. But mm. the ability to put on a score against a, a, a fellow top eight side.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh was that a close question? <laughs> it is now. It is now. <laughs> the inflection wasn't quite there, so I thought I'd go for it. But <laughs> uh, sorry. sorry, team. <laughs> no, nah, we're all good. All right, looking at Sydney and Fremantle.
1: Yeah. So Freo got up um, for their second win of the season by fourteen points. Hurrah. Um <laughs> I would, uh, this sentence probably not going to please everybody, but I think they were lucky they were playing Sydney. Um, they, you know, there were lots of skill errors, lots of turnovers from both sides. There was lots of drop marks, lots of missed handballs. It was really like, an interesting game to watch. Um, you know, look at the stat boy, there was over 100 turnovers for the game, like total. So, um, you know, I think the conditions obviously played a little bit of a part in that. But I think, too, um, we're still seeing the inconsistencies in players that are, you know, struggling to keep up with the game um, and those sort of things. Um I think where Freo won it was just their pressure. They're able to control the ball at times on the outside and I think obviously um, Ebony Antonio definitely helped in that regard, um, allowing them more space and more width and that's where they play their best footy and you can see how important she is to the team. Um, My thought is like as coach of Freo, do you try to win the last game or do you go for the first draft pick? Is it worth it?
2: (laughs) that's the thing, they're now sitting on top of West Coast. Yeah, they've jumped them.
1: (laughs) All comes down to around yep. 10.
0: But then then you'd have to write their tanking because if they lose to Hawthorne, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, think
2: I, I I Going.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. for me, if I was coach, it would be more positive end to the season to have a win, have two wins that you go into next season, you know, although it's a long time between to between the seasons, um, at least you sort of finish well. Um, I don't think the draft is, is an amazing draft this year um, in WA. I think the sort of a couple of years after that, it's going to pick up. So um, I'd be winning if it was me. But um, one stat I just wanted to say, a Turbo again, um, fastest to 500 tackles, 42 games it's taken her to get to 500 tackles. That's just phenomenal.
0: Wow. And she laid 20, which is actually career high for her.
1: She's extraordinary.
0: Yeah, amazing. But I think what Ebony Antonio's return sort of proved to me is how – Bad, in some respects, Fremantle's death has been this season because you inject her and you see what a difference it makes and you go, geez, this is all on one player who's missed, you know, she's missed a fair chunk of footy, but you just, you know, it was probably no coincidence that they got up when she returned. Yeah, and I
1: think
0: to um, no, go on. on that one,
1: but go on. In, you know, in order to, you look at their post on the weekend, of they had more girls in rehab at home than they did, you know, like on their whole list. So yeah. um, as a coach, it's definitely not what you want to be seeing in it, but there's also not much you can do about it. So,
0: All right, moving on to the other side of town, West Coast versus the Western Bulldogs. Battle of the West, the Bulldogs got up by 32 points, but similar sort of talking point the race for the pick in WA is on for the first pick after the Eagles slip below the Dockers on the ladder. Um, and we, you know, we'll get to our tips later, but they're probably not going to beat the Demons this weekend, you wouldn't think. Um, But if you're West Coast and the results sort of fall as you think they will, what do you do with the number one draft pick in WA? Because it's going to be pretty much the exact same talent pool unless you can convince someone interstate to make the move across. For me, this team is still absolutely crying out for a key forward who can be, you know, stay-at-home, dominant, Ella Roberts is working towards there, but I almost like her higher up the field because she's such a good
2: user of it. So I don't know. Do you look at a train on? Do you delist players and them? I think you've got to start. You know, now that we've got a full complement of, of clubs involved, you have to start looking outside your own backyard as well. So yeah. if if the key forward is not available in the draft coming through, and keeping in mind it would only she would only be young, then maybe you do have to be able to go and wow some people and be like, come
1: to us. So, yeah, I think maybe you should yeah, say trade, and think, put it up for trade. Absolutely. Mm. But I also think the, the money's better now. So the pull to go to different areas when you're on a bit more coin. It's easier. Um, it's definitely, it's easier, like rather than having to pick up and take yourself over if you're playing on a decent amount of money and you can pick up sort of some part-time work within the club or whatever, I think that's allowing more girls to have more options, um, which we may see a few changes in that regard next year rather than relying on the draft.
0: The other thought I had was go Irish. Take a look at Ireland and what's happening over there because... That pool's going to at some point as well. Ty's done pretty well, but she's probably an exception, isn't she? She spent two years injured and yeah. then it's finally having a bit impact now. But just quickly as well, Emma Swanson, she's got to be All-Australian, doesn't she? 28 touches. She's been one of the better midfielders this year, but she probably doesn't get the recognition she deserves being in WA.
2: Maybe interchange bench she might yeah. slot into, do you think? Yeah. If, if I it reckon, goes
0: that way. I reckon they'll try to fill up the field with your Contis and your yeah. Bowers and your, your fully fled superstars. I still think Emma probably doesn't get the recognition she deserves. All right, Hawthorne
1: and Brisbane. Um, comprehensive win by Brisbane by 54 points. Um... we could have seen a bigger margin. I was a bit disappointed in the way the game played out in the end with that game. Um, There was a heap of flooding, like numbers, huge numbers from Hawthorne back in the inside 50, which just made it a really hard game to watch. And I don't know what you guys think about it, but I feel like, why do we do that? Um, Like, why is it, do you feel better if you lose by 54 rather than 94? But, do you get anything out of that game other than are they going to learn? Are they are they learning to play when the heat's on them? Or are we sort of, you know, going back into that defensive mindset and not allowing girls to learn how to play? I also feel when I watch it, and
2: this is with me with no background like you've got, but I feel like people get in each other's way as
1: well.
0: And, yeah, because, yeah, you know, collisions and... But,
1: yeah, But it's just, it's just negative, silly football and we want people to be watching the game and we want people to be enjoying the game. But if I turned that on halfway through the, um, the game on the weekend, I would have been like, no, nah, turning it off. Like we need to yeah. create something by teaching them and showing them the difference. And yes, you might lose by 100 points because you're an expansion team versus a very established team that is a premiership winning team. Learn from them rather than going back into your shell and and trying to stop them all the time. Learn from them, I think, and uh, I think we need to get better at that.
0: If you're going to do it, the only thing, the if 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 I want to see you run sprint back the other way and trying to create opportunities coming out of defence, and the Hawks only scored one goal, so that obviously didn't happen.
1: Yeah, and my last thing, uh, Conan and Campbell, the two most underrated defenders in the AFLW. Do we agree? <laughs> to,
0: to the point just, I, I used to get them confused in the earlier days, which probably <laughs> speaks
1: for itself. They are, just, they are just solid. I think they go unnoticed every week, um, but they're so important to Brisbane's structure and defence. And I think they just literally set the whole team up um, from the very back. And um, as a coach, you'd be so stoked to have two of those players in your team.
2: St Kilda and Port Adelaide. So this one was a St Kilda win by just the two. And it, it was a game that, I don't know, it had its moments. But it, it, again, it was a game that depending on at what point you switched on, you may also have, have switched back off again. But... It was interesting for obviously the big point being: do we think it was a goal or a not goal for Gemma Houghton? Let's start there.
0: Second week in a row, <laughs> yeah, having this. Well, actually, no, we missed. We the podcast would have been songs. having we, it. Yeah. We would have been having this <laughs> conversation, but
2: the, so the Port Adelaide players c- celebrated immediately. The goal umpire and the um, field umpire immediately signaled behind. So yep. two really different immediate instinctive responses. Did you guys have a feel yeah, on it? I th- I couldn't tell.
1: I thought it had touched the post, but I was with the umpire. But to me, it's hard to tell. And he was so adamant that it touched the post. It wasn't like he was guessing. He straight away had called it. And I think, you know, you do make mistakes. But if an umpire is just going to call it and it's going to happen, I think that needs to happen more. And I'm not sure that, yes, technology is going to help. But also, is that going to change the game so dramatically? Like, do we really, really need it? Mm.
2: So I've got, well, you're not going to be able to get on every ground. So two, two extra points. Yeah. St Kilda get the expansion team bingo because they've beaten all of them. That was their three wins for the, the year so far. And round 10, Erin Phillips hasn't kicked a goal yet this season in Port Adelaide mm. Colours, is yep. absolutely limping through the season. Don't know how long she has left in her. Will it be her last game? Will she get a goal?
0: I want to say, will she play?
2: Go. Will she even
1: play it? Yeah,
0: <laughs> No, literally just drop her at full forward and do the old plugger, put it on my head. Yeah, exactly. I reckon that's the way around put it.
1: it. <laughs> oh, you're gonna put her in the cage. Put her in the cage.
0: Yeah, put her in the cage and maybe she'll win a mulholland Kaufman medal one day, you know <laughs> you just never know.
1: I said if you use it if them, she only plays. she could be so lucky. <laughs>
2: <laughs> bing. All right, Richmond, GWS. Oh, that was me as well. Sorry, apologies. Uh, <laughs> yes, hello. <laughs> waking up. So Tigers, hello, top four. Hello, finals coming for them for the first time in their history. Uh, Conti, the goal kicker, that was fun. Although it was a couple of the free kicks, but she just made them um, pay. So that was great to see. We are big, big fans of Mon Conti here. Um, but, you know, I don't know, like it was expected they would beat the Giants, I liked the way they went about it. And it looks to me like that version of the Tigers could be a finals danger.
0: Well, they're in the top four. That's what I mean. It's like, wow. They
1: might not Where stay in the that top happen? four. Like- <laughs> I know. Seven wins in but a yes, row, I think yeah. it is.
0: Yeah, it's, it's also the
1: difference between the Eagles and Richmond. So um, both really, really good draws. So Richmond couldn't get a better draw, so they played – Adelaide, early on, round two, I think, and lost. They beat Brisbane and then they play north this week. The rest of them, they've played expansion teams, they've played um, teams they should beat and Mm. they've beaten them. And they did it. And they did it. They did it themselves and they've beaten them. So they deserve to be where they are. It's just whether they can continue that momentum once they come to finals and are playing those solid top three teams. Their their first quarter,
2: what was it, 4-2-26 and they held the Giants scoreless. So they came out quickly and put the game on ice basically straight away. Um, Brennan, for me, was someone I predicted as being – the leading goal kicker of the year. Obviously, she's been in and out with injuries and stuff. So she needs make another... excuses she's, your she's, predictions? She's 3-6 she's to date, so she just needs to catch 17-3 with one round to go. It, it's still possible.
0: Easy. <laughs> I Like I said, put her in the goal square. <laughs> put it on my head. <laughs> but how much better of a player is Monconti with Grace Egan in the side? I reckon Egan's made a massive difference coming in this year. And I just think about that game against the Eagles where it was sort of close late and then she just... Pushes forward, kicks two goals, and puts a lid on it. So, love their yeah, combination. To <laughs> round things out, Melbourne and Essendon. Um,
1: yeah, so Melbourne finished off with a forty-one point win. I um, uh, may have seen a bigger deferential if not for our favourite Casey Field's conditions. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So much fun to watch when it's at Casey Fields. Not, but um, I think Paxman is the only one who actually likes playing there. Has um, she dominated again on the weekend, but every time she plays at Casey she does dominate. So um, does the tape the tape uh, on
0: the head come with the territory at Casey?
1: Maybe, maybe it stops the uh, wind going into the ears and Creates the a windbreak for her. Yeah. <laughs> slices through the <laughs> I just, breeze. I, I feel
0: like I've got this image of her with taper on her head every time she plays at Casey, but I know that's probably not.
2: Well, you're the journalist. There's your story. Go <laughs> to <through> your background.
0: <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, you so, don't
1: so I think, like, they obviously dominated, um, won the stats. They were cleaner. I think the difference, like, you look at it compared to expansion teams, like, in a chain of play down the ground, it only takes one player to not be good enough, um, and mess up the play and the ball gets turned over and goes the other way. Um, I think Melbourne have enough good players to play that pretty football, so they're not relying on one or two players for every single sequence like some of the expansion clubs rely on your know, press parkers and and those sort of players to complete the play, but um, Melbourne don't have to rely on that and I think that's why they're such a damaging, dangerous team and um, you know, probably favourites along with Brisbane.
0: What about Finals at Casey Fields. Mm-hmm. I just want to put a line through that. Like, I know you've uh, earned the top two by now, pretty much, if you put away West Coast this weekend, but I don't want to see games that are, you know, Melbourne win because they know how to play the conditions better. I want.
2: I say hit the buzzer and we talk finals straight after this. Wow, it's almost like finals grounds. <laughs> the voice
0: of God. This, this whole
2: like <laughs> conversation that's going on about Brisbane saying well, we want to play finals at the Gabba, we've earned the right. Yep. I'm sorry, but if you put AFLW at this time of year, it is cricket season. You cannot have those grounds. Why does the conversation even come up? Adelaide should be in the finals, and they can't use Adelaide Oval. No, they can't because it's cricket season. So why are we playing
0: in Augustin? Why do well, we stop the season?
2: This <laughs> is the risk that they took their no going into it. But it does mean, annoyingly, you're going to get Casey Fields as a finals venue, no! <laughs> And it, it, it sucks because they should be at those better grounds, no doubt. But if this is the right place to put AFLW, it's always going to battle against cricket. And at this point in time, cricket is not giving it back.
1: Damn. Cricket, such a cricket buff, aren't you? know great. great. <laughs> cricket comes back into it. But I think, too, it's that age-old GMHBA slash MCG Geelong finals thing, you know, like yeah. um, they want to play in Geelong, but they don't because they get more numbers at the MCG. So um, I think... For Melbourne, of course, they're going to want to play at Casey Fields. So if they earn their right, then I suppose they earn the right and we'll just have to, other teams will just have to find a way to beat them and learn how to play their conditions, I suppose. Mm.
0: I think the solution is we need to come up with technology to make it easy to transfer from cricket to footy in one day. Like at these big grounds, I don't. I don't want two weeks of perfecting these pitches and doing all the little <laughs> lawn mowing thing they do and the lights and just find a way to bloody take the pitch out, get it out, and put some footy posts up in one day like they do during the season. That's my solution.
2: Yeah, it's a good solution. At
0: Nick Livingston,
2: <laughs> it is a good solution. Need some serious coin and some serious innovation to do that, but yes, I'm with you.
0: Well, the AFL's full of coin, isn't it? <laughs>
2: Not Sexy there, screams.
0: I mean. <laughs> All right, let's get our tips for this weekend. Final week of the season, Demons, Eagles. We spoke about this earlier. Demons for mine, especially because it's at Casey Fields. <laughs> Amy?
1: Uh, um, I'm thinking maybe the triple figures this week. Um, uh, oh, but Jesus. It depends on uh depends on – uh, personnel if they decide Melbourne decide to rest some players so it would be interesting to see who they they select because they've got a quite a bit of depth so um they might decide that they'll freshen up ready for the finals but I still think they'll win convincingly
2: yeah me too the only reason it won't the decision on how big the score will be is based on their team that they end up putting out in the field agreed yeah. but yeah Eagles to lose
0: well, Ross Lyon's been announced as St Kilda coach this morning. We're speaking on Monday. Could could the Demons go the rest 11 players like he did <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> back in whenever it was? That that would be quite funny. But that's literally a quarter of your list. No, a third of your list. So I don't know where they're going to find yeah, that's true. 11 you, you players actually. from. You can't actually do it. Um, and to round things out, the Dockers hosting the Hawks. Like we said earlier, I, I think Freo should and will win this.
2: Pride has to give them the backbone and the desire to run this game out four quarters lengthwise, take it into the break, enjoy
1: the off-season. But,
2: yes, have to, have to, have to, have to beat Hawthorne.
1: Yeah, and I think they have to have a good win. I think they have to have where everything clicks and they play their best footy. I'm not sure what the conditions are like this weekend, but um, they haven't had much success at Frio this season. I think they need to give their home crowd just that wind, just to sort of start off next season on a positive note.
0: Jenny's got the weather conditions on? Is that what you I'm trying you to get it yet. Yeah, it's it's it. not loading.
1: No,
2: it's not loading for okay. me.
0: Okay. It's a wa- mostly
2: sunny 22 degrees.
0: Oh, pity. There you oh, go. beauty. All right, well, that's another episode of Hardball Gets Done Dusted Completed. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow us wherever you get your podcast. so you don't miss a thing. Completely packed for work and the weekend. This podcast was brought to you by the new Mazda BT-50SP, the complete package. One more week to go, guys. Home straight. Let's go. Bye.